0: Well here we are on the thirtieth of April twenty twenty, in lockdown. And um, I want to read now from the Bible, which is the word of God from Jeremiah, Prophet Jeremiah in the Old Testament and chapter four. I'm just going to read the first six verses. If thou wilt return, O Israel, saith the Lord, return unto me, and if thou wilt put away thine abominations out of my sight, then shalt thou not remove. And thou shalt swear the Lord liveth in truth, in judgment and in righteousness, and the nations shall bless themselves in him, and in him shall they glory. For thus saith the Lord to the men of Judah and Jerusalem, Break up your fallow ground, and sow not among thorns. Circumcise yourselves to the Lord, and take away the foreskins of your heart, ye men of Judah, and inhabitants of Jerusalem, lest my fury come like fire, and burn, that none can quench it because of the evil of your doings. Declare ye in Judah, and publish in Jerusalem, and say, blow ye the trumpet in the land. Cry, gather together, and say, assemble yourselves, and let us go into the defenced cities. Set up the standard towards Zion. Retire, stay not, for I will bring evil from the north, and a great destruction. Heavenly Father, I pray that you bless this mini-message of your word. I pray, Lord, that you give unction and liberty. I pray, Father, that you make it a blessing to those who hear it. I pray that you'd instruct us in righteousness, that you'd draw us closer to your Son, and that his name would be glorified now in this ministry of your word. Thank you for this opportunity, Father. I pray that it would be used for your glory. And this hour, I ask and pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Well, we've been in lockdown for many weeks now. There seems to be no end of it, and it's a, an environment and a situation that we aren't used to. There's a columnist in the Daily Telegraph who published a few days back an article entitled, I don't know if I'm the only one, but I seem to have accomplished absolutely nothing during the lockdown. And I thought to myself, well, that's not true because you wrote this article. But what would happen if we as Christians were to say I've achieved absolutely nothing during the lockdown? We must give an account for our time to Almighty God. And here, some of us at least, have got more time than we had before to do various things. Before the lockdown came, and uh, I didn't see it coming, I don't think any of us did, I had been praying that God would give me more time to put material onto my page on the Sermon Audio website. I was working as a busy hospital doctor, uh, and things were gearing up for the uh, the uh, perceived problems that this COVID-19 disease would produce. And then suddenly I found myself, on account of my underlying health conditions, put uh, out uh, well not able to continue with my work at that time although I hope to go back very shortly uh, but suddenly I find I had all this time on my hands I had time to pray I had time to look at the word of God I had time to read books I had time to think I had time to seek God time that I'd been longing for for a long long period and time which um, is a very precious gift from God to me because for example you can see that I've put up quite a few different uh, pieces of information on the sermon audio website but as things stand it just looks as though that can't continue now i'm in god's hands and i commit myself to him but what i really do pray and ask um is that this would be to the glory of god and that it would be to the furtherance of his kingdom that it would be focused on the cross of jesus christ upon his gospel and upon the proclamation of that gospel that's what is in my heart that's what my heart desires But we've been given this time, some of us have been given more time some of us have other situations as I've said, as we know sadly some of us have lost loved ones and that's um, something which is um, quite mournful and something that that, uh, we need to bear in mind that whilst many of us haven't been touched by death through COVID-19, others have been touched by death both through COVID-19, their households, their families and by other means as well Because death is continuing, even though we are locked up in our houses. But if we do have time, therefore, and if we have a little time, that time is a very precious gift from God. And if I, as a Christian, came to the end of this time and said, well, I spent my time uh, listening to loud music and um, entertaining myself and uh, watching endless movies and um, watching the uh, endless TV serials and so on and so forth, how would I give an account to God at the end of this? There's such a sweetness in seeking God and those of you who have looked at the webpage will know that uh, earlier on today I read a sermon by Spurgeon which was called One Thing is Needful and in many ways Spurgeon was saying exactly what I want to say now that that Martha needed to sit at the feet of Jesus and it's at the feet of Jesus that every Christian needs to sit and when we're sitting at the feet of Jesus we're in the right place and we're feeding from him and we're rejoicing in him and that we are receiving from him uh, and the desire is that we should sit at the feet of jesus and if for me as an individual christian if there's one thing that i should be doing during the lockdown it is sitting at the feet of jesus now again i can't speak for everybody else's circumstances some people are locked up in their homes with lots of other people their own families and uh, family dynamics mean that perhaps things are busier than they would be otherwise But for me, and perhaps for others, there is suddenly time which I've longed for for years, and yet here it is. How will I use that time? Well, as we look at this chapter, or more this situation here in Jeremiah Jeremiah chapter 4, I just want to focus on these words from verse 3. Break up your fallow ground, and sow not among thorns. This This is what God says to the men of Judah and Jerusalem. Break up your fallow ground, and sow not among thorns now i i think this is not uh, a, 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 a verse or well, these are not words which are ignored in preaching that there are fairly often sermons which one comes across on break up your fallow ground Although i think that most of them will be preached from the these words as they appear in the book of hosea chapter 10 but we need to think of the context here um in which jeremiah was speaking here Jeremiah is living through the judgments of God against Judah where the Babylonian armies are coming and they are ruthless and they're going to de- they have a scorched earth policy they're going to destroy everything in their path many people were killed when they invaded the land of Judah and that was God's judgment on them for their sins and for their idolatry and of those who survived many of them were then taken away to Babylon in captivity and Jeremiah saw all of this but here he is speaking forth the word of God and the command of God here to the men of Judah and Jerusalem is break up your fallow ground and sow not among thorns. Now I think we do well to take these words to heart in our day and this is how I thought about this as I went along because because my mind has been riveted to the situation in Scotland at the present time. I've lived in England for the last 10 years. Before that, for years, we lived and worked in Scotland and I preached the gospel extensively through various parts of Scotland in my spare time working there as a doctor. And today I am very, very interested in in the work that God is doing now in Scotland and the future of the work, of the gospel work, the gospel of Jesus Christ in that country. I am also no less concerned about the work of the gospel in England and in Wales In Northern Ireland, uh, uh, I'm aware of uh, a church in Ballymena whose services I have been blessed by because they are broadcast on Sermon Audio every Sunday on the internet. And I cannot thank God enough for the ministries of the Reverend John Greer and Reverend Andrew Stewart. And although I've never been to Ballymena myself, uh, I cannot help but pray that God would pour out his spirit on that town uh, and that he would bring um, a great harvest of souls into the church there through the faithful preaching that goes on and also uh, throughout the whole of Northern Ireland but particularly Scotland because one of the things that's come out is that as I started to read books it was more and more books that I had bought in Scotland obscure second-hand books some of them and uh, books about Scotland uh, that that were put up on the sermon audio website and we can just see such a great move of God so much work of the Holy Spirit in different environments that so such different um, uh, effects such different uh, outpourings of his spirit on the people of god in scotland and different times and that throughout generations god maintained his witness there and yet today god's people are like a remnant in the land and humanism seems to be the prevalent religion and there seems to be this idea that that's it christianity is on the way out the christianity that there is in the churches there many of the churches is nothing like biblical christianity it's nothing like the doctrine of justification by faith there is no crying out to god and adhering to the word of god and as such the people are spiritually in disarray god's people are discouraged churches are closing Churches are are, are, are are finding it very difficult to stand up for the truth in an environment that appears to be increasingly hostile. Again, I, I spoke on the question of blasphemy in Scotland in the previous sermon that I preached, which was on hard speeches, which is also on the Sermon Audio website. But, but in that country of Scotland, we find great perplexity. Now, let's just look at Judah here. At the time that Jeremiah was speaking there was great judgment coming uh, god says there in verse six for i will bring evil from the north and great destruction now i'm not saying that that is going to happen to scotland but if for example we find ourselves at the beginning of god's judgment just at the beginnings of god's judgments with this lockdown for example and if these are the judgments of god then as nations and as countries that are deserving of god's wrath we are in dire straits and we do not know what will, happen ne- what will happen next. But what we do know is this, that our government in England certainly is now saying that the lockdown is going to continue for some considerable time. And for many of us, this is going to be highly problematic. Um, but we don't know what else is going to happen. And God has shown us that we are nations and countries that are under reproach because of our sins, because of our backslidings, because of our blasphemies. Well, what I want to do is this. I want to say that when God says break up the fallow ground, I want to apply this to people who are true Christians in the Church of Jesus Christ, perhaps especially in Scotland, but also in England and Wales, at such a time as this. Break up your fallow ground. At such a time as this, when we are in lockdown, when we aren't physically able to attend church, although we are thankful to God for the ministry of those ministers who minister to us via the internet. And the other means that we have of of receiving the truth that God is saying to Christians, break up your fallow ground in the same way that the lockdown for me and the time that I have is an opportunity to break up my fallow ground. The picture is this, that that fallow ground is ground that's not being used for growing any crops. It's ground that's been left to rest. It's ground that um, has grown. And this particular ground here, it would appear, has grown thorns so not only do we now have a problem we have ground that needs to be prepared for crops and growing again and for fruitfulness but we have a problem here that this ground's been left fallow for so long that it is growing thorns and as christians that can be a view of our heart basically what god is saying here to the men of judah and he's speaking to individuals here is that get right with god get back to god get serving god seek him with all your heart come to him Strive to be the Christian that God wants you to be, the person that God is calling you to be. Now, we have this fallow ground. One thing I've noticed is this, and I'm not a farmer, and there may be farmers listening to this, and apologies if I get this wrong, but I notice that if a field has been left and a farmer wants to plow it, first of all, he comes along with a massive tractor with a huge plow on the back, and it's got great spades on it, and he plows it, and it lifts up huge swathes of earth and turns them over. But when you look at it, all you see is um, deep furrows and uh, tall um, piles of earth with great clods of mud and with great clods of soil. And you think, well, how could that be used for sowing um, seed? But the farmer doesn't do it just once. He then comes back with a different plough that's smaller and then perhaps with a hoe. So that by the time that the field is ready for ploughing, you find that the whole surface is breaking down into fine, um, fine particles of soil and it's smooth, and it's flat, and it looks very, very um, placid, and it looks ready for the seed. So breaking up the fallow ground is a process, a, multi, multi, um, a multiple-stage uh, process. But so is our spiritual process here, that our fallow ground, we may have become Christians who are very easy in our own ways. We may have decided that we're going to follow the world in our, in our lockdown Again, I can, you're going to hear me saying this again and again. I'm really distressed just to see how when we go to the media, like the BBC or Telegraph or whatever you want to go to, it's endless things about how I can watch television in the lockdown. I can um, cook in the lockdown. I can do makeovers. I can do all of these things. And nobody says anything about seeking God. Nobody says anything about doing that. Well, if you're a Christian and you're spending the lockdown doing these things, I pity you because you are missing out on sitting at the feet of Jesus. And the greatest blessing we could have is to sit at the feet of Jesus. Yet if this fallow ground has been left for some time, that we may find that it's covered in thorns. We may find it very hard to arouse ourselves, to seek the Lord Jesus Christ. We may have grown spiritually cold. We may have grown spiritually hard. We may have uh, decided that uh, there's nothing nothing much we can do anyway. We may have become discouraged. God isn't working in our day. He may have left the country and he's not coming back. Or so we think. But God can come back at any time, my friend. And we may have become so sloppy and we may have decided that we're so like the world that it really doesn't matter if our lives mimic the world So we don't break up our fallow ground we're content with the fallow ground and yet when it came to the judgments of God Jeremiah is saying break up your fallow ground and sow not among thorns he is talking to individuals in amidst the people of Judah in amidst the people of Jerusalem there were people who were true Old Testament saints true old testament christians looking to the savior who would come looking forward to the lord jesus christ and his coming and he's saying to them these are the ones that need to break up their fallow ground in the same way that christians today we who are in lockdown we who are the people of god we who bear in in ourselves the, the 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 imputed righteousness of jesus christ because we have come to the cross because we have come to jesus christ to be our savior that he is saying to us that we need to break up our fallow ground and our fallow ground might be very hard, we might find it very difficult, we kind of like our lifestyle, we kind of like our compromise. And after all, nobody's telling us to do otherwise, so that we think that we can serve the Lord uh, and we can continue in our comforts and in our diversions. And we don't really see what is God is requiring of, requiring of us at such a time as this. So what does it mean to break up our fallow ground? Well, the first thing that it means is this, that uh, we need to get back to God. And when you're a Christian, uh, we've mentioned sitting at the feet of Jesus. When you're a Christian, we talk about walking with Jesus Christ. We talk about fellowshipping with him. We talk about knowing him, knowing God. And we don't do these things automatically. It's easy to have a cold heart. It's easy to have him at a distance and to feel that uh, that's comfortable for us. And as I've said already, we can can have all these other things as well, these thorns, like these television serials. And we need to work hard to get rid of these. We need to desire the Lord Jesus. We need to decide that our lives shouldn't be wasted because we're wasting our lives with these things. We're told in the New Testament to redeem the time. And redeeming the time means buying it back at a cost. It means grappling to get that time under the authority of God and under the authority of his word so that we might serve him and we find it very hard to arouse ourselves to stand up to seek the lord but this is what we must do every every single true christian in scotland has a call here we are in the midst of churches many of which no longer serve god here we are in the midst of churches that have forgotten god we're in the midst of churches that are lukewarm they're neither hot nor cold and the lord jesus wants to spew them out of his mouth Here we are in the midst of churches that are struggling and having difficulty, many of them perhaps faithful to God, but struggling. Here we are in the midst of churches that have become apostate. The Church of Scotland crossed a line when it recognised ministers living in open sin as legitimate preachers in the church. And therefore many of God's people did come out of the Church of Scotland at that time but we live in a day when the people of God are scattered here and there and we live in a day when we are under reproach and too many of us have lost hope have lost heart and have become ensnared by this by these thorns in the world these brambles that have grown up on our fallow ground we need to break up our fallow ground so the first thing is this we need to use means and those means as ever are prayer and Bible study. We know that the means that God has given us, fellowship with other Christians, which is difficult at the present time. Being present at the Ministry of God's Word, which is via the internet at this time, and yet using those means. And we need to break up our fallow ground. For some of us we may not have touched the Bible for years. I was astonished when I learned that that most Christians never read the Bible. But they go to the church on Sunday and there they are. And they um Uh, The only Bible that they get is when they hear the word of God preached on Sundays. And yet the ministers can only teach us so much. There is so much in the Bible and the ministers can only teach us so much. And this is good for us to be in church. It's good for us to be under the ministry of God's word. But if we are sitting at the feet of Jesus, one of the most important ways that we are going to do that is when we are reading the Bible daily for ourselves. And if you aren't doing that, your time won't be redeemed. You'll be wasting your time. And you'll be falling into things which are unprofitable watching these tv serials you'll be justifying it saying it's not so bad and i can do this and what else am i supposed to do with the time in lockdown and you won't see any desire to know god more deeply or to read the word of god now we need to discipline ourselves here we need to take our bibles out we need to dust them off and we need to read them daily Now, I'm not setting myself up as an example. There have been times in my Christian life when I've read the Bible less than others. But this word, my friends, this is the pure milk of the word. This is the strong meat of the word. This is what we need. This is what this is where God speaks to us. This is where we're built up in our most holy faith. This is where we get the spirit of a sound mind from. This is how we know God's will for us. This is where we are thrilled. And this is where we are encouraged and strengthened and if God has given us time to study the Bible more now, than, more now than before, then we should be living in this book. One of the sweetest things for me is I've always had the opportunity to read the Bible, but I can do so more now that we are in lockdown. And yet it still seems hard sometimes to pick it up and read it. Satan will do everything he can to stop us from picking up that Bible. And sometimes it's a matter of sitting down and disciplining ourselves to do it. So that we say, I want to know God. I want to walk with Jesus Christ and I will pick this book up and I will read it. It's a spiritual battle. It's a spiritual conflict. Yet as we give ourselves to this and as we pray that God would speak to us through his word, the book comes alive. And the more this book comes alive, my friends, the more these superficial, stupid, nonsensical, endless television shows that we get so addicted to so easily as if they were heroin or alcohol or something like that the more they will seem pale and insignificant the more they will seem like dung in comparison to what god has said and what god has done for us we need to live in the book we need to live in the word of god the second thing is prayer these are just the two things bible study and prayer always 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 these are the two things but prayer my friends We have time to pray. We need to pray more than we ever have done before. And one of the things that has come out of the books that I put up on Sermon Order is that we should be praying for Scotland. We should be crying out to God for that country. We should be confident that God is a God who is alive. He is a God who can intervene in Scotland. He can bring to nothing the plans of the ungodly, the humanists and the, um, the cultural Marxists. He can overthrow them in a moment because God is a God, the same God now. He was the God who used John Knox. He was the God who kept the Covenanters in bloody times. He was the God who used Brownlow North and so on and so forth. He was the God who raised up Eric Little. And we need to have strong confidence in God. But we need to be prayerful. Prayerful by ourselves. Crying out to God to return to us. To return to me. To restore my love for Jesus. To restore my zeal for the cause of Christ. And to fill me with his Holy Spirit. And to use me for his glory. And to take away my fears. Because very often, one of the reasons I won't serve God, and one of the reasons I won't grow in grace, is because I'm afraid of the consequences of what I might do. Now, I want to just give a personal example that I'm not setting myself up as any better than anybody else. But two years ago, some of you will know that I am the doctor who went for a job with the Department for Work and Pensions here in England. And I was sacked because I was asked if I would call a six foot tall bearded man, Mrs. And I refused and I refused because at that exact moment in time, I knew that if I refused, if I, if, if, if I agreed to do that, not only would I keep my job, but I would be denying the Lord Jesus Christ. And you see, what I'm trying to say is this. I had had the chance to pray about that, and I knew what the course of action was, and I knew that I was afraid. But God gave me the grace to do that, and I'm thrilled, and I thank God for that. The legal case is ongoing. But, but the thing here is this, that all of us are going to be called upon to stand And none of us can stand apart from the grace of God. It simply isn't possible for us to stand apart from the grace of God. And we need to be prayerful. We need to pray that in the day of division, when we are called to stand, when we're called, for example, I've preached on the mark of the beast as well. And you can see that sermon on um, on the Sermon Audio website. And there's a couple more to come on that subject. But the thing is here, in the day when we are asked, is a day of dividing. It will divide those who know and love Jesus Christ from those who do not know and love Jesus Christ. Now, what I'm saying is this, we should not want to compromise. We should not want to deny the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, we might lose our livelihood, and yes, we might lose our income, and yes, we might lose many other things beside, and we might lose our heads, but the most unthinkable thing for the Christian is that he might deny his saviour the lord jesus christ and what i'm aware of is this is that we have no hope of taking a stand without the grace of god so if we start praying again and we pray that god would do things and we pray that he would come down one of our hindrances is fear what if god wants to use me and i'm not ready what if he calls me to stand and i'm not capable what if this happens or what if that happens and there are people whose minds are full of this and my mind has been full of this too but what I have learned is this, that is that God gives us the grace and the strength to do this when we submit ourselves to him. And what we should long for, what we should pray for is a personal revival in our hearts of love for Jesus Christ and of a hunger for his word and of a desire to let our light shine so that others all around us see us. We can't just do that. We can't just say, oh, I'm going to turn the television off and I'm going to start reading the Bible and going to start praying and everything will be fine. Many of us have never really experienced what it really means to walk with God and the power of his presence in our life. We need to pray that God will pour out his Holy Spirit on us and on his church. The next thing is we should be praying together. Now, if you're aware of the 1859 revival, a mighty revival of God in Aberdeen, it began in prayer in, in, in uh, New York and across the Atlantic. But, but very shortly after it began, everybody started praying together. Many of these were informal. Some of these became formalised, these meetings. But everybody started praying together. Even children insisted on meeting together, to pray together, to ask God for the outpouring of his Holy Spirit. Apprentices in the same workshops would meet together after work to pray. uh, And there were many new prayer meetings set up in churches that we should seek other people to pray. And our prayer should be with strong confidence in God. We're not the losers. We serve the true and living God. We should be praying that God would pour out his Holy Spirit on Scotland today because he's the same God. And we should be praying with confidence, not looking at what's going on in the world, but looking to the God of our salvation and crying out to him for a nation that is dying for lack of knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the same is true for England and Wales. And we pray for these countries as well and Northern Ireland and every other country in the world. Some people listening to this will be from other countries. Pray for your country. Pray that God would pour out his Holy Spirit upon that country. If the people of our land, who think nothing of blaspheming God and think nothing of taking his name in vain, if they were to feel the Holy Spirit's presence in convicting power for a few seconds, the whole country would be changed. All oh, that God would rend the heavens and come down, that he'd pour out his Holy Spirit in that way. So the second way we break up the fallow ground is this. We break up the fallow ground by returning to prayer and by spending time in prayer and by switching off all of those things and putting away all of those things that get in the way. The third thing I wanted to say was this, family worship. Now, when I read church history... And I go back and I, I, all this stuff on Scotland again, I really would encourage you to go and listen to those tapes because these are wonderful books and these were mighty works of God. But what we find time and again is that people are concerned about family worship, that people are concerned that in each home, and there, and, and then there are places you read about them, that, that everywhere you go, people are worshipping in their homes and um, even, even unbelievers it, it, it would half times of family worship because it was cultural and of course that has its own drawbacks but nevertheless there was a fear of god there was a recognition that uh, that 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 god's word is the the bible is the truth and there was a, a desire to worship him in the homes as well as in church now i cannot remember a single sermon in the last 38 years that i've heard on the subject of family worship that doesn't mean i haven't heard one it means i can't remember one but This is a subject which I think has been very significantly overlooked. And yet family worship is something that is so significant and so important. And as families are stuck together in houses during a lockdown, it's something that becomes more important than ever. And yet families may be watching television together. They may be doing all kinds of other things. But how many families are worshipping? I'm talking about Christian households. I'm talking about your household, my friend. Heads of households have responsibility before God for family worship. And yet many of us may never have had family worship in our houses. I I know a couple, and I think this is very sad, a Christian couple who said that in the entire married life they hadn't prayed together once, and I find this astonishing. And I'm very sad to hear that. We should be making the effort to pray with one another. We really should. And if we're husband and wife, we should be making the effort to pray with one another. But if you go and read, for example... The history of the Sky Revivals, or if you go and read up on revivals in the Isle of Lewis, or visit these places, and I think I'm thinking about the north of the Isle of Skye now, that beautiful island. If you drive around the north of the Isle of Skye, you'll see all these farmsteads uh, and all these crofts uh, along these um, country roads. And if you go back and you read the history of revivals in Skye, and you read about the 19th century and what was going on there, you find that every household. Every crofting household, although poor, there was worship going on in those households. There was singing of Psalms, reading of the Bible. And the heads of the households took worship very seriously. And it's because of this that so, so many godly men were raised up to serve God from these environments. But you may never have had family worship in your house. You may never have turned to the Bible together. And I'm not denying that there would be problems in doing that, in bringing people who are not used to it, who see no need for it, who don't want it together, to worship God together as a family. Yet the advantages of family worship to us as a family, bringing the blessing of God upon our household, instructing us in righteousness, setting an example, um, encouraging us to follow Jesus, cannot be underestimated. So what I would suggest is this. Family worship can be very simple. And at its simplest, it might be consist of the family coming together under the headship of the head of the household whom God has given responsibility and a simple reading of a portion of God's word followed by a prayer. And that would constitute family worship. Increasing that, a simple reading of God's word with a short word of exposition followed by prayer and so on. But you see, one should never underestimate the difference between a small act of family worship and no family worship. Because a family that doesn't worship together is a family in which all the individuals are going their own way. Some of them may be following God, some of them may not be. But bringing the family together is peculiarly honouring to God, and it's God who has appointed the worship in families. So those are three ways of breaking up the fallow ground in a time of judgment, in a time of difficulty, in a time of perplexity. This, I believe, is what God was saying to the people and the men of Judah and Jerusalem, that some of those men, at a time when the, uh, when the chaldeans when the babylonians were going to invade with great destruction according to verse six some of those men were spiritual men who had perhaps become lazy in their faith had become indifferent cold-hearted backsliding in their faith but uh, but jeremiah is saying to them break up your fallow ground and those who break up their fallow ground are truly the people of god they're the ones who know jesus christ they're the ones who are assured of their salvation in the lord jesus christ And they're the ones whom God is going to bless even despite this uh, invasion. Now, maybe somebody is listening to this and you've never had family worship, but you've never known Jesus Christ either. Maybe you're alone in your house. Maybe you're young. Maybe you're old. Maybe you're with your family and they're driving you crazy or you're having the best times as a family you've ever had. But if you don't know Jesus Christ, it's time for you to break up your fallow ground. And your fallow ground is the fallow ground of unbelief. And that's the hardest, stoniest, rockiest, Most difficult to break up ground of all. But the good news is it can be broken up. The Spirit of God can come into your heart, convict you of your sin, and bring you into a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. And the Bible commands you to turn from your sin and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you shall be saved. Now, this fallow ground has been left for a long time so that thorns have grown up. And these thorns are going to choke the word, they're going to choke the prayer, they're going to choke the family worship. And I've said already what these thorns may be. They may be a love of pleasure. There may be a laziness in spiritual things. There may be an addiction to television um, shows. There may be an addiction to pornography secretly or open. There may be an alcohol addiction or a drug addiction. There may be bitterness or unbelief. There may be just sheer laziness in the things of God. Now, when a man walks with Jesus Christ... And when a man or a woman or a child sits at the feet of Jesus daily and learns from him, this is the sweetest life you could have. So to have bitterness towards God or to think that there is no gain in godliness or to think that there's nothing to be said for walking with Jesus Christ, we are putting a question mark over our own grace. We need to examine ourselves to see whether we're in the faith. But my dear friends, to know Jesus Christ, to serve him, that's the greatest privilege we could have in this world. And he's calling all of us to serve him now. And my prayer for Scotland, for example, is that the people of God will be strong, encouraged in the things of God, encouraged in the power of God and the promises of God, encouraged to be separate from the world, encouraged to use their time to seek God and cry out to him, encouraged to look to him for blessing, encouraged to believe that Scotland, that God hasn't left the country, that God still has purposes for that land, that God has worked over the centuries in Scotland for a purpose. And to believe also that it's crucial that we as a people of God come together to cry out to him to have mercy upon that land. To cry out to him to turn the tide and to raise up the standard of holiness when the enemy has come in like a flood. The enemy of unbelief and godlessness and atheism and false religion and all of these other things. To believe that God can turn this in a moment and bring once again his word and his power to bear upon the men and women and children of scotland for whom we plead with god that they would obtain mercy and salvation at this present time so although the people of god in scotland are now but a remnant and they come from many churches and there is much fallow ground may god be pleased to raise up his church and his cause again in scotland in england in wales in northern ireland and beyond and, O oh Lord, by your grace, I pray that we would all break up our fallow ground, that we would redeem the time. I pray, Heavenly Father, that Jesus Christ would be our first love. I pray, Heavenly Father, that if you have given us time to consider and to think and to seek you, that we would take that time and use it wisely. I pray that you would break our love of the addictions of this world, especially addic- the addictions to the latest newfangled, serial television lord which everybody else is addicted to father we are grieved appalled and we mourn over the lack of any spiritual direction in our newspapers in our television um, broadcasters in our government in our politicians and oh lord we know that jesus christ is the answer we know that to know him is life from the dead we know that to follow him is the sweetest thing we can do in this world We know that he has promised us strength and grace for every trial, for every difficulty. And although that is true, Lord, we also know that we have failed you, Lord Jesus, on so many occasions. We pray that you'd forgive us for being so cold-hearted, so spiritually lazy, so lax when it comes to your word, and so pathetic when it comes to letting our light shine before the world. Help us, Heavenly Father, revive us your people now revive us break up our fallow ground by the power of your holy spirit and make us a people on fire for god a people who love jesus and are not ashamed to stand up for him in every circumstance and father again i pray that you pour out your holy spirit on the land of scotland and have mercy upon her now and this i ask and pray in jesus precious name amen